keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your It's day 13 of our 90-day challenge. Welcome, everybody. Today's episode is Cling to the God Thing. Ruth 1, 1 through 22. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left there with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah, and the other, Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband, even if I thought there was still hope for me. Even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this, they wept aloud. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. 
I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. For our worship thought today, the title is Cling to the God Thing. I wonder if you've ever had life bring you from full to empty suddenly. If you haven't, embrace yourself for the possibility that one day you will end up like Naomi did in the book of Ruth. I mean, it was a happy time. Everything was happening right. Her husband of many years had moved her and the entire family into a new place. Her two sons had two beautiful wives and it could only go up from here. Then before Naomi could unpack the boxes, her husband dropped dead, lifeless, gone forever. No resuscitation procedures done. No emergency room to bring him to. He was listed on the mortgage as the primary provider responsible for the house they had just moved into. And in a moment, he was on his way to the morgue. Immediate crisis brings about a pain that process loss will never compare to. Nobody wants to lose a loved one. Nobody wants to grieve the loss of a position, a place or a thing they value dearly. But if you're going to lose it. You'd prefer to know it months in advance so you can say goodbye, so you can clean your desk, so you can train your replacement, settle some unspoken issues, reconcile and clear the air and embrace the new normal. But Naomi didn't have that luxury. Before she could even grieve her husband's loss, she had to step up and become the decider. She never imagined her life without her covering, never imagined life without her leader. And now she was leading a new family in a new land with no leadership skills herself. In a word, Naomi was empty. At least she thought she was empty until the carpet got pulled out from beneath her again. No sooner than she could cope with the woes of widowhood, both sons dropped dead suddenly. It hadn't been 10 years between the death of their dad and now her boys were dead too. Some might say at least it didn't happen immediately, but when you lose someone really close to you, 10 years feels like 10 days. The pain doesn't go away. It just gets replaced with numbness. The thoughts don't go away. You, you just tell yourself to focus on something else. Ten years can fly by and you have no recollection of what you did in life because crisis has a way of freezing time and stifling your stamina. Sudden moments like these can really trip you up if you don't have a community of support to pull you out. Naomi's husband dropped dead. Then her two sons dropped dead. No parent ever thinks they will have to bury their child. No parent sees that coming. The death of a spouse, maybe, but my baby, the baby I held for the first time and saw him take his first steps. The baby I rocked to sleep as I sang him lullabies at night. My baby is gone. Not just one, but both of them. No matter how old your child gets, they will always be your baby. You don't see them as a lawyer or a doctor, successful or grown. You see them as your baby. Now imagine how your heart might feel if you lost your leader and your love all at once. Imagine if you lost your direction and your reason for living all at once. Naomi became bitter because emptiness happened without her permission. 
And there are many of us listening to this or reading this who didn't choose emptiness. It chose us. It happened out of nowhere. And now we're here trying to figure out who we are, how to be, where to go, what to do, how to respond. In Naomi's world, there were two women who were not even her biological children telling her to move on and keep on stepping. Naomi wasn't ready for all of that. She was writing her own suicide letter in her head. She was coming to church, but preparing her funeral at the exact same time. She would cook and clean just like every other day, but she was counting the seconds when her cooking and cleaning would be over and she would finally be able to end the pain and join her loves again. She had no reason to live in her mind. But the truth is, Naomi had a wealth of wisdom to give the world. She was a woman with knowledge far beyond her years and the world would have missed out on the greatest life coach ever known to mankind if she had thrown in the towel too soon. But that is why every Naomi needs a Ruth and every Ruth needs a Naomi. Today's worship thought is this cling to the God thing. All of us need a Ruth in our lives who won't leave us to die alone. I know you might not realize this, but there are some empty places even prayer can't fill. Thank God for answered prayers that show up on two legs. Thank God that in the nick of time, God will send people into your life that personify the prayers you uttered because right now you need presence and a human touch. Never forsake the power of presence. When words fail, presence may be more than enough. When sermons cease, presence may be enough. I can't tell you how many parents I know who say they would have taken their lives if it weren't for the sound of their child's breathing echoing from the other room. Presence matters. And when we find ourselves in an empty crisis, we've got to find a Ruth hotspot. For some, that may be a local church. For another, that may be a therapist or a doctor. Still, others may have family members they trust or close friends they can confide in. But do not try to be Superman or Superwoman. What has happened to you in these last few months is enough to take a few nations out. Pretending to be strong when you are weak is only going to work against you. You will heal from this. I said you will heal from this. You will grow beyond this. But in order for you to grow, you've got to accept the roofs in your life who are here to serve as life support. Very often, God sends us people who fill our lives with presence. But because we love the pain more than the possibility of restoration, we dismiss them and toss them aside. Naomi told Ruth to go back home at least three times. But Ruth saw something in Naomi's eyes that she could not ignore. Ruth heard something in Naomi's voice that she could not unhear. When God sends you a Naomi and connects you with someone who may not even know how to ask for you to stay, cling to the God thing. God has empowered you, worshiper, to save someone's life, and he will equip you with the right words, the right wisdom and the right tools to help Naomi live. Don't let Naomi stay alone. Hear her words, but listen to her heart. Very often when someone's heart is broken, they don't know how to ask for what they need, so they settle for disappearing. 
They just want to get away, go away and act as if it isn't that big of a deal. But you have an obligation to be present for Naomi. Ruth decided to go with Naomi. She didn't promise to heal Naomi's pain. She didn't promise to find Naomi a husband. Very often we are trying to fix something we didn't break. And whenever we get in the way of someone's healing, we perform malpractice on a patient that doesn't belong to us. I'll say that again. Very often we are trying to fix something we did not break. And whenever we get in the way of someone's healing, we perform malpractice on a patient that doesn't belong to us. Just be present. Call her every day, even when she ignores your call. Stop by his job, even if he acts like he doesn't want you there. Give a tighter hug, even if no tears emerge from his eyes. Read the heart and ignore the body language. Cling to the God thing. So your worship work today is to answer this question. Who is your Naomi in this season? Who is your Ruth? I want you to identify both your Naomi and your Ruth and surprise them with a gift. It could be a tangible gift. It could be a handwritten letter. It could be a voice note, but thank them for helping you to see God more clearly. Thank them for being God in flesh for you and for helping you during a difficult season. Just maybe the encourager needs encouragement. I wanna pray. Lord, you are our surge protector. Thank you for divine connections. Thank you for guiding us to the right people at the right time for the right season. May I be a gift to the people that have blessed me the way others have been a gift to me. Help me to cling to the God thing. Amen. When hope is lost And you find yourself You have is weak or when all you have
Yeah. 